Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. That was Alex Horn, age six. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the Oxford College that is Andrew Horn, and with me I have the crumbling red brick that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Archers Uni offer is you. Today's Dumpty Dum will be a surprise from our editor in chief, Roy <laughs> Field. No idea what that's going to be. I'd Could say... be Roy Field himself, couldn't it? He's never done one. He's never done one. Yeah. We'll enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dummer of the Week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or have a reunion of a show that only ended a week ago, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek, who's very upset about uh, the sad news today. As he was a big fan, as Derek said, another musical giant gone. R.I.P. Ed Stupot Stewart. <laughs> yes, two well, one one real great and one uh, significant <laughs> influence on uh, on many ch- childhoods. <laughs> if only Bowie had had the same influence on childhoods that Ed Stupot Stewart had. Yes, I think Witherspoon and, our, and and any of our uh, listeners overseas may need to find, uh, find <laughs> a, a local to explain who Ed Stupot Stewart was because we haven't got time here. How, how could anyone not know? The man's a national hero. <laughs> but is he an international hero? <laughs> of course he is. He's very big in the Himalayas. Before we talk about this week's episode, um, if you hear any banging in the background... Uh, it's, it's not me. some. No, it's not Roy Field. I haven't put him in uh, in Derek's wardrobe <laughs> where he's left me for the last uh, few it's months. Struggling to get out. <laughs> it's the builders next door who are installing wardrobes. Um, oh, they I did, heard them. There they are. I know they they did promise they would stop between, uh, during uh, this time when we were recording, but um, builders' timing has never been good. And there's. The I group. love the idea that it's Roy Field struggling to get out of a trunk. <laughs> Anyway, on this episode, we have calls from Royfield Brown, whoever he is. 
Cosmo, who thinks she would all be doughy. Auntie Jean, who's bridling at Shula. Witherspoon, who wonders if Ian was being overly harsh. Cat Brown, who's stunned. Sarah Hides, who thinks she was missed last time. Scott Matthewman, who loved this week. Mary Not Contrary, who knows what Jenny's new project will be. Jacqueline, who gives us her week in Strange Noises. That's a good one, that is. And uh, Jan from Cannes, who wishes us all a happy new year. But first, before we get into that and unpack the week, let's hear your view, Lucy, of the week in Ambridge. Justin consulted Brian on the Barrow Farm plans. I do wish Justin would clear his throat properly. Suck a lozenge, man. (laughs) This is lovely coffee, Brian. You're so clever. And Jenny, here's some roses for you. You're so clever and so beautiful. I love you, Brian and Jennifer. I think he's after a threesome. (laughs) Brian helpfully told Jenny, darling, all about the plans for Barrow Farm, then reminded her about them again when he told her she had to forget them. Who are you? said Jenny, darling. Then she had a whiff of cooking sherry and posted it all on the Ambridge website. Anyway, Justin squeaked and croaked away at Charlie like an ancient harmonica, saying that he was going to give the contract for growing lots and lots of lovely herbal lays to Adam. Charlie said, yes, right, well, that's fine, isn't it? Splendid. I shall be in the arse end of nowhere anyway, so who cares? And Route B has gone for a Burton. Quelle surprise, as Linda would say. So that six months we'll never get back. Talking of Linda, she wants a reunion of the Calendar Girls cast. Eh? It was 11 days ago and she moaned all the way through it. I moaned all the way through Christmas, so I might have a reunion with the Christmas tree decorations and some crackers. (laughs) All Tom's pigs have run away, keen to move into Grange Farm and enjoy the underfloor heating and the jacuzzi. But poor Clary, who is actually living in Grange Farm, is frightened of it. She doesn't understand the taps, she can't work the oven and she can't get used to the American style fridge and not having to remove Joe's undercrackers from the salad drawer. So Eddie built Clary a pig ark in the yard and she's very happy in it. It don't do for me to have nice things. <laughs> Ruth has transformed into the cheeriest person on the planet. Forget Prozac and antidepressants. What we all need apparently is a herd of cows we can shove about and we'll all feel a lot happier. Little Miss Sunshine she is now. David has done exactly what we said he was going to do last week and has started saying, I don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone. He would be developing a Geordie accent and talking about me mother next. Eddie is back to his old shifty ways, sidling slyly round the village. Only gone are the days when he'd actually be conning people out of money. Now he's just spending all his time organising surprises for people. He's become the village fairy godmother, bestowing Welsh dresses and piglets left, right and centre. Shula galloped into the shop and announced that after her traumatic days hunting, she needed something rich, thick and sweet. Sadly, Oliver Sterling is in Italy, so she had to settle for a bounty. Pip went AWOL, but Jill said she was in Rickyard with Matthew discussing spring carving. Never heard it called that before. <laughs> the Fair Brethren did a fairly appalling presentation to Brookfield, which went down like a cup of cold sick, as they didn't seem to have a clear grasp of the facts and Toby kept referring to Ruth as sugar tits. It's looking like the most <laughs> successful thing Vivat Rex could do for his business would be to actually push Toby in the bloody am. <coughs> Anyway, they then ran into Piggy and Auntie Cardboard doing a Chuckle Brothers to me to you routine with the Christmas tree. Ruth and David, meanwhile, were doing a Kate Bush modern dance routine, running up that hill with Ruth flinging herself around in a grey leotard and too much red lipstick. (laughs) Phoebes got into Oxford. She will be attending Bellamy College, studying the role of the yurt in capitalist society. 
This shook Ambridge to its core. Piggy and Jenny Darling made it all about them. Jenny Darling had a crisis about being thicky, thicky, thick, thick, but she isn't. Anyone who can remember the names of all those children, most of whom aren't hers, can produce venison pie out of thin air whenever anyone smacks their lips a bit thoughtfully and can out-snob Linda is clearly not daft. Hugely irritating, but not daft. (laughs) I smell an OU course coming along. A BA in feminist literature, hopefully, so she can tell Brian where to stick his hot water tap. The end! Brilliant, as always. (laughs) You're supposed to go, that was all right that week. (laughs) I'm more used to that. (laughs) Don't know where I am when people are genuinely nice. <laughs> oh, but it has been a cracking week. It's been, uh, I, I've loved it, and I, I know lots of. But callers. you're quite a soppy old sod, aren't you? I am. You like so- all the all the all the the jolly. See, I'm a bit nastier. You like all the jolliness and the happiness and everybody being delightful and happy endings. Yes, but I also think it was well. It was good pace. We had, you know, yeah. Monday was a filler episode. Um, you know, Wednesday focused on uh, with with the whole Phoebe Jennifer thing, which I which I I liked. Um, it was almost it was quite reminiscent of the Archers about two years ago, wasn't it? Yes. It was it was a real old school week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then and then and Friday with the three couples, which lots. Yeah. Of talk about. I have a couple of things. Can I talk about a couple of things that you may our caller in or don't? Mention? Yes. So one thing that's been annoying me about mm-hmm. Barrow Farm closing it, um, and um, Cosmo didn't pick up on this. I, I thought he might. Um, it's my God! More... You'll cause a riot if you tell Cosmo he's missed something. <laughs> he's having a coronary as we speak now. He's clutching his chest. <laughs> oh dear! Well, I don't want that. Don't want to uh, to upset Cosmo. But Co- Barrow Farm is more than. Um, a cow factory. Mm-hmm. If you stop the cows and and their output, and, and I'm not talking about the white output, I'm talking about the brown output. What are they going to stick into the anaerobic digester? Um, that oh, makes all that electric. I'd forgotten all of the anaerobic digester. And it's not just the anaerobic digester. There's also all the solar arrays, and unless that was just planning permission and, and not executed, but I thought they were going to put loads of solar arrays into to capitalize on the same entry point into the grid of the anaerobic digester so but the solar panels wouldn't be wouldn't be affected by the cows going would they unless the cows are blocking out the sun in some way and they're that big but no 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 but you've got as i say it's, it's you mean there's, a, there's is, more to dismantle than just right we yeah, just shut it down it's about is electricity production as well as milk production ah. is the point i'm sort of trying to grapple towards um and and Unless that's been affected by the tail off in oil prices, but anyway, so the, the, the fact that they're not even mentioning that, I think, was annoying me. Um, and the thing about um, Rob and Doc Locke. Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed on the cast list um, for the for the appearances over the year. Um, I think was it given an, uh, he wasn't given a name; he was anonymous. I think. Um, but I believe the voice was Doc Locke. I can I can help you out a bit on this yeah. because I had dinner with lovely Kerry last night. Oh, yes. And lovely Kerry, who was very lovely, thank you for my dinner. Was he, um, poor, he was the one who was pouring um, muscat down your throat, was he? It, <laughs> Forcing it down my top. To... Yes. He was, I, it was a struggle. It, I, st- 
I struggled, <laughs> but he prevailed. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, yes. Lovely Kerry said, Uncle God Kerry said that that was actually a continuity cock up um, in that Kerry had forgotten that Rob and um, uh, Rob and uh, Docky Lockie had actually already met before because it was Docky Lockie that did the uh, yeah. the scrape for the, um, the, the the swab cheek swab yeah for the um, paternity thing. thing so, so when they like... got into stu- yeah when they got into studio the two actors said hang on we have met before and um, uh, they sort of said oh hell so they had to put in a line about oh yes I do remember you no you don't because Rob's trying to pretend um, no I don't remember anything about that that's you know it's Rob's kind of I don't want to know about it therefore it never happened sort of thing I was wondering whether he'd actually paid, uh, and uh, I've discounted it, but at first I wondered whether he tried to pay Doc Locke off and that it was a false paternity test. Yeah. Um, no, apparently. But then I don't think Doc Locke could be so easy. No, and, and also, if that was possible, three quarters of the people on Jeremy Carl would be doing that, wouldn't they, really? I mean. <laughs> well, they might not have the brains, though. To well, come up. <laughs> or the teeth, let's face it. With apologies to all our dear yeah. listeners who, are, who, are, who have appeared in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think our demographic matches, to be honest. But anyway, um, I yeah, uh, he said it, they're fantastically difficult to 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 fake. And all the second that bit went out, the internet blew up in in a huge uh, firework display of conspiracy theory. Um, mm. And in one hilarious at, it, at one hilarious point, Kerry actually chipped in on someone's discussion and said. No, it wasn't. You know, there really isn't any conspiracy going on here. And whoever it was, emailed him and said, "I think you'll find we know better than you." <laughs> 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 when he'd written the damn thing. So, yes, uh, I, have, I have I have one more um, little little one, which um, I wondered whether they were going to do something with Phoebe about swapping her college around so she applied which we the only college we've heard them talking about was Christchurch yeah um we don't know that she definitely applied for Christchurch as the lead but it is not unknown for an offer to come from another college yeah Uh, and, and indeed this is what if I can bore you this is what happened to me I went to interviews at Magdalen and whilst I was there the um they had a little being also a little sherry party it's in the middle of mid 80s uh in the evening and you're you're sort of under assessment the whole time so yeah. you, you're on your best behavior and uh and the one of the music fellows there came up to me and said ah I said um i've arranged for you to go and have a have an interview tomorrow at st peter's i'd never heard of st peter's and, uh, and i said oh who's the uh who's who's in charge of the music there and he just looked at me with a twinkle in his eye and said i am Ah. But I had to go and see because he wasn't a fellow there. I had to go and have an interview with a, with a, um, with a sort of the, the, the pastor. It was a medic fellow who was in, you know, in charge of the musicians. So I then sort of got a got a place there, and I wondered whether they were going to swap her to St Peter's because the the current uh, master of St Peter's is Mark Damaser, who was previously. Uh. Yes. Radio 4, in charge of Radio yeah. 4. And I, I thought it might be a nice little in-joke if they, they yes. there's all sorts of radio and BBC people popping up to give speeches. Andrew Marr's there again this week. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wondered if they might do that. But um, 
obviously not. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe they will. Who knows? That's a bit circle jerky, even for Radio 4, isn't it, though? I know. It's a bit of an in-joke. Yes. That's a polite way of saying a circle jerk, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Enough uh, of this. Shall enough. We, shall we have some callers? Yes, let's. Oh, now, before we have the callers, yeah. uh, I just want to say that... I apologise if anybody on the Dumpty Dum thread has been trolled. We have collected a little troll, everybody. Aren't we lucky? He's very, very small and very, very shy. And he only feels confident hiding behind a made-up name and a made-up picture. But what makes him feel like a big, important man is to say stupid things to people and to leave messages on our speak pipe. And if you think, you silly little man, that we are going to be playing anything or sharing anything that you have written or said, you are even more deluded than I think you probably are already. So do us all a favour, clear off and also learn to punctuate. Thanking you. (laughs) Right. That's so Radio 4. (sighs) One of the things that upset you most is the lack of punctuation. I know, the apostrophes are all over the shop. (laughs) <sighs> anyway, carry on, I do. Yep, thank you. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First up, we have Auntie Jean, who wants to talk horse. Hello, Auntie Jean here. I'm not going to mention Robin Helen this week because, frankly, everybody else will. It's been awful. I am st- I'm instead going to mention... Shula, who has been left in charge of all the horses in the village, and I feel, frankly, that she should not be. During the incident where Rob apparently saved her and her horse from some catastrophic fate, uh, she referred to her horse as wearing harness. If she was out hunting and she was riding the horse, it would be wearing a saddle and bridle and possibly a breastplate or tack. It most certainly would not be wearing harness. Harnesses are used by horses who pull carts and so on. So, you see, I find this all very worrying. Should she really be in charge of all those horses? I don't think so. Anyway. Now, here, annoyingly, Rob saved Shula from Mad Horse that was stamping about and not behaving itself in the uh, hunting. And Auntie Jean has pointed out that he talked about the horse wearing a harness. If the horse was wear- would only be wearing a harness if it was pulling something, it should be wearing a bridle. And also, I thought that um, horses were supposed to be sort of good judges of character. I thought animals, you know, if you're not a very nice person, animals tend not to like you sort of thing. Hmm. Is that my James Herriot I, romanticism? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not at all an expert on horses. Tend to tend to steer clear of them. Having yeah. seen someone get kicked by a horse, which is not, not pleasant. No. Um, which was the owner's fault, not the person uh, who got kicked. Maybe, maybe Shula needed help because it's not the sort of thing you could you could do from on the horse. So he was sort of next riding next to her. Oh yeah, it definitely he, was. But the fact that he managed to calm the horse down, yes, and be soothing enough to do that, you actually need to have empathy. But he's got everyone else convinced. He's got Pat. Hood, yeah. So yeah, I know. Yes, but, but indeed, I mean, Auntie Jean is very clear that Shuna needs to resign. She's not, she's not yes. fit to <laughs> fit to look after not... the horses of, of 
of Ambridge. It's when she said she's looking after all the horses in the village. <laughs> That's made me laugh, like a sort of a refuge centre for horses. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Andrew, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world, including Royfield in O Canada. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here as we watch the 1870s version of The Archers far from the madding crowd. I just covered Angus's eyes at the upsetting bit in the beginning of the film. Speaking of feeling upset, it was a very rough week for Helen. First was Ian being unnecessarily mean to her. I'm not sure what the right thing would have been for Helen to do last New Year's Eve. Should Helen have told Ian and risked ruining his relationship with Adam, or would it have been the better thing to have done, so that Ian was truly informed at that time. And is telling your husband, even if it is Rob, gossiping, as Ian accused Helen of doing, or is it sharing something with your spouse that is bothering you? All we do know is that it was calculated and cruel for Rob to have told Ian on the night before his wedding. As I wrote on Facebook, Rob is wielding his temper like a club, and Helen is becoming emotionally and physically sicker and sicker. When are people going to notice that she's not eating? She is headed for a medical crisis in short order. On to happier news, Phoebe getting into Oxford. Having gone through the American version of the process some 40 years ago, I was as surprised as Jennifer that Phoebe was so stoic the morning she received the letter. We then found out it was an act, and there was a very touching scene between her and Jennifer, which was lovely. Though I didn't like the cliffhanger, the episode should have ended with Phoebe reading aloud that she had gotten in. It would, have been, it would have made for such a nice moment. And by the way, note to the script writers, university acceptances are delivered by email and even text these days, not snail mail. Okay, now David and Ruth. Based on my years of listening to women and men in my office, it's definitely realistic that men as a whole have a difficult time in communicating negative feelings to their spouses. It was frustrating to hear David beginning to repeat his same mistakes again. So I was pleased when Ruth broke through to him. Happy times on Lakey Hill. I'll leave David and Ruth frolicking there. Until next week, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Witherspoon. What do you think, Andrew? Was Ian being unnecessarily harsh? Oh, it is a tough. It is a tough one. I can see. Have you ever been Ian, in that position? Knowing Ian, something of knowing, about... of knowing. No, I haven't. Of of being torn between between two friends, um, because Adam's also a relative. So, I'm right. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes. So he's. So you've got a relative, and you've got a, and you've, and you've got a friend. Yeah. I, I can understand how Ian is is so so hurt um I'm, I'm disappointed we've not actually heard ian talk to adam about it maybe he's just so you know still trying to process it that mm. he can't even bring himself to raise it so he's taking it i, I think i like he made, he made that cake didn't he for jennifer and said oh you're the best mother-in-law well, yes, i could he, wish for and all he that he doesn't know that it was jenny who who let slip um, yeah, to, to, to Rob, yeah. To, to, to Rob. Because Helen they, hasn't asked Ian how he knows, has she? No, but she did She did tell 
Rob, and 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 Witherspoon's point about is it gossiping if you're, you know, just yeah. trying to, to 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 bounce something, share off. something that's bothering you. Yes, with your uh, nearest yeah. and dearest. Um, yes, I, I think I think Ian, Helen's getting some of Ian uh, some of the backlash that that should be going to Adam. So I do agree. Uh, I do agree with that. But then, as uh, it wasn't. Uh, it's just another. I think the uh, the other part of it there, from a plot point of view, is is it's adding to it's cutting off another avenue of yeah. escape. Yeah. So all Helen's avenues are being cut off yeah. one by one. Yeah. Pat's been been uh, uh, schmoozed by Rob. Uh, Ian is now uh, unavailable. We are left really with well, there's Emma, mm. uh, but she's so busy. Um, or not busy if they're, they're they're a bit quiet at the moment, but has been so busy and tied up with with Fallon, she's been sort of a bit dumped there. So that does leave us with uh, Krusty mm. right to the rescue. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it will be Krusty, and, and that, that's not anything that hasn't been said before. Mm. Um, one thing though, I I, I know um, Witherspoon also talks about snail mail and uh, universities not yeah. sent out that way, but uh, I think uh, again for. For, from that was maybe for the benefit of the listeners and and listeners who are a bit older who who do uh do remember the <laughs> sort of thumping on the doormat with a crest with who, a who endearingly crest remember when we had post but in particular companies. that post I, i've never worried you know inland revenue whatever comes to the door box i, I normally just open it and, and read it but i do remember putting that on one side and and waiting what felt like ages maybe five Aww. minutes before before opening my my because it is it's the one letter that can change, that can change the yeah. course of your life yeah where yeah you know uh, certainly at that stage when yeah. you've not lived so long so yeah um i enjoyed it from that point of view but uh uh yes not not with the times and now we have uh, a Mr. Royfield Brown. And we're going to sandwich Mr. Royfield with Miss Cat. Doesn't he sound like Alan Carr? <laughs> <laughs> but he did obey his own rules. He did. And he'll be very happy sandwiched with Cat, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, they get on yes. terribly well, so that could be fine. Hello, my name is Royfield. I'm a first time caller in I'm a podcaster and a digital strategist, and I live between London and San Francisco. Just want to comment on last week's Archers. I really liked it. And for me, the overwhelming theme was Jenny and Brian, the Grundies, and of course, David and Ruth. What was heartwarming in the extreme was seeing three established couples and the interplay between them. Yes, I thought that Ruth and David were a little saccharine, but maybe that's what was needed. And the touch with the Fair Brothers, again, maybe a little heavy-handed, but a very funny episode, all the same. What really warmed my heart was the conversation between Brian and Jenny. There is a couple that have gone through a lot together, but remain incredibly strong there you go that's what i thought of the last week in ambridge thanks for all your work see you all soon 
Hello, dum-de-dum, it's Kat here, one-time podcast guest and long-time lurker, but finally compelled to call into the show because of how amazing this week has been. I, I was absolutely stunned. I was standing in my kitchen on Tuesday listening to Rob finally be just the absolute everything of awfulness to poor old Helen and going now now it's finally happening now the writing is really amping up a gear it's just absolutely fantastic and Wednesday as well the amazing confrontation with Ian poor old just poor old Helen basically but again I've always hated Helen so at the same time it feels a bit weird for me to be sympathizing with her but how can you not it's been brilliant writing this week and I'm just absolutely overcome it's marvelous Um, Anyway, lots and lots of love to everybody. I've so enjoyed listening to all the caller inners this year, last year and the year before and uh, really looking forward to another fabulous year, uh, not just for Dumpty Dum, but for the Archers as well. Um, If the writing this week is anything to go by, uh, really, really looking forward to when this bloody awful Robin Helen storyline finally comes to head. Anyway, lots of love from me and my other cat, who is Ambridge and speak soon. Cheerio. And I was delighted that Kat called in as well. Um, we'd actually had an exchange on, on Twitter about uh, about Tuesday's episode. Um, and she was saying how, you know, how uh, delighted and stunned she was, was by it. Um, and the writing uh, moving, moving the story on, which is picked up elsewhere as well. It's, that, uh, that Rob it, had kind of come out. Yeah. Had kind of, yeah, the veil had, the veil had slipped, hadn't it, a bit? Yes, yes. And, uh, and and the story might be moving forward. Oh, please! Yes, but at least God. moving. Not yes, at least moving. That would be good. Stasis. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Sarah Hyde's here. I'm not sure if I'm a first time caller in or not. Royfield announced that I had come out of hiding, but I failed to hear my call. Perhaps like Auntie Jean at our meet up when we did our Dumpty Dums, I was elsewhere. Or maybe Royfield has decided to blackball me because I said he sounded like Alan Carr. Anyway, to recap, I love the Helen and Rob storyline. I feel in the end, Titchy Knob will get his just desserts. I also said that we need more of Jazza in 2016. He only made seven appearances in 2015, and that was not enough. Well, that's enough from me for now. Keep up the good work, Lucy and Royfield. Love the show. Bye. Oh, yes, now Sarah Hyde's. You weren't missed off, Midduck. You weren't there the first the first iteration of the podcast, and then we realised that we'd missed you, so we popped you in again. So yes, and I, I you can are there. You were in the version that I heard. Yes, you'd have to listen to it all over again, you poor thing, and listen out for yourself because you are there. But anyway, here you are again this week. Um, yes, running up the hill to declare their love for each other. Wow, David and I Ruth. like that. Did you see? I you did. are such a soppy sod. I, you really I, I have are. to say, I got really annoyed with David this week. Um, I, I've always oh. been more Team David than 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 Team Ruth, uh, as I've said on one of my previous calls. Be, just simply because the whininess of her voice, not for any other reason, really. Um, but David has just been—he's been so sort of sulky. Yes, sulky, and mm. he should—he should realise and remember this. After all, we had the whole reason yep. that they didn't move out of the farm was Dan's diaries and, and how things used to be done and it's in their blood. And, and, and all Ruth is doing is, is sort of picking back up on that theme. Mm. Um, and, and he was just 
Well, A, I and mean, I was started being annoyed with him before Ruth came back because he was going around talking to everyone that they were coming out of cows. And mm, hadn't actually mentioned that. sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pulling out of cows. That would be terrible. <laughs> that sounds even worse. Um, yes. <laughs> Leaving milk production. And, uh, um, but, but I, I think the, uh, now who, who was it? Um, Oh, it was Witherspoon, uh, again, who said about men struggling to communicate yeah. negative messages. Yeah. You know, Ruth did did turn it all around. Um, the first time she tried, uh, David, he was making the right noise. And then he said, oh, no, I've got to go and deliver some hot chocolate to Pete. Yeah. Just thought, you stupid man. Let's go just, and cut my toenails. Shut up. Yeah. There is, there's an olive branch here. Yeah. And you've you just know, shoved grab, it up her nose, basically, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, but... They get there in the end. But yeah, he did definitely seem to come round. And, uh, but I mean, she, the transformation in her has been bloody, it's like she never had a mother, never mind a mother that died. She's just la 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 la. Hello, trees. Hello, sky, isn't she? <laughs> Leaping around, very happy. So good. <laughs> Makes a change from, oh, no. Oh, that's true. Maybe the pills haven't worn off yet. <laughs> um, Mary, not contrary. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. It's been quite a while since I last called you, and I did promise Royfield I would try to call more often, so here I am. I wanted to talk about Friday's episode, which I really enjoyed, particularly because of its focus on three important couples in Ambridge. David and Ruth, Eddie and Clary, and Brian and Jennifer. They're all in different decades of life, and they're all facing new challenges. David's in his late 50s, Ruth's in her late 40s, and they're working together on the business plan the new business plan, which they both seem on board with now. And that's fantastic to hear that unity and commitment. And I'm team Ruth all the way. Eddie and Clary are in their early 60s, and it was lovely to hear them dare to dream about being proper livestock farmers again with some pigs and maybe one day some cows. And then Brian and Jennifer in their early 70s, having to come to terms with the young generation growing up, moving on and thinking of past regrets but I enjoyed hearing Brian's passion for Jennifer and her sort of resolve at the end of that conversation to put on a brave face and find her new purpose. And I had some thoughts on Jenny's next challenge. Now she's got Phoebe all lined up for Oxford. Ruri's the obvious next candidate for a touch of Jenny's magic, Uh, possibly even Kate's children, Nolly and Sipo. And I hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Uh, now we need a new task for Jenny. My personal thought: she thinks that she's going to start investing in in in, in Rory, Nolly, and uh, Rory, Nolly, and and and, and Sipo. Um, mm. My personal thought was that she was going to to, to get herself educated, uh, and and was going to uh, apply for university or something, and then we were going to have a so, whole boring thing about the university of the third age and all that stuff. Which so I'm not saying that's boring. Too. I just think the way they might do it, there's a possibility mm-hmm. it might be a bit. Well, small she could story. do it in parallel with uh, with Phoebe. Like, oh God, that would be awful! At the same time. Oh no. There's a well, danger think... with Jennifer that she cannot leave anyone else's stuff alone. She, yeah. there is a slight love of theatre there, a slight love of drama, and uh, she's always very happy to kind of. Um, you can tell people often say, "Oh, oh, that's just like me," and you think, "No, it's not just like you." Um, because I'm talking about me 
and you're not just like me but it's you often see it with mothers and daughters you know oh that's just like me you get that off me blah, 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 and sort of wanting to to get in on their act and there is a little bit of uh of of um of jennifer that is slightly like that but partly because she's had huge potential she's clearly very bright and she spent her life pissing around with venison for crying out loud yes but she's she also she's all um, um the, the other things i've it's only just occurred to me um she's her mother's daughter and if you think that one of the things that peggy mentioned this week mm. was that you know she wasn't even allowed yeah. to go to go to that school. kind of explained a lot yeah. of peggy's bitterness sometimes didn't it yes yes yeah, so so Peggy's not even allowed to go to school. Jennifer has a good school education, but yeah. she doesn't go to university. But that's, you know, she was, I don't, I wasn't lis- listening at the time. And, so uh, Kate does nothing but... Because I didn't, I wasn't, uh, wasn't around. But, you know, when she had her first, she presumably didn't go to university because she got knocked up. Yeah. Oh, yes, uh, I've forgotten that. Um, can Ke- I just say a couple of other things about Mary, not contrary. So, um I know a lot of calls talk about the Friday's episode in three different couples, but the one uh, Mary pointing out that, um, of course, they're all they're all at different stages. You've got you know the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies, um, and coming you know, with their different relationship uh, stresses stresses on them. Um, and on the Grundys one, and the, and the Grundys this week, and there's not much focus on the on the calls from them. You've got you picked it up in your in your roundup. Poor, poor Clary's feeling the stress of it not being uh, of being of guardian. Living in a nice house. <laughs> yes, being guardian of. Uh, of I've never uh, had a nice house before. I don't know how to do it. But also, but it's not my house. I know. And, and I've got to keep it pristine for yeah. when we move out. So she's picking up all that, all that stress, and she's the only one who's who's not just saying we're back. And yes. it's, you're not. They've back. gone completely into denial, haven't they? Yes, yeah. we're back. It's our house. Yeah. yeah. Let's fill it with pigs and. You know, start gutting ferrets in the sink and everything else. Yeah. You know, it's sort of. But I did like it when he said, "Would you like me to take my socks off?" And she said, yeah. "Well, I would imagine that they are only slightly <laughs> cleaner than your feet, or something like that." It was very good. I like uh, Clary. And but the other thing, I, I'm glad. I'm so glad that we didn't have the Grun- Grundies stealing the pigs, and I, that's where it was all. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to think that, but you know, Eddie has grown up a bit. Yes. Yeah, he will take a shortcut, but as yeah. he said, yeah, they're our neighbours and our friends. And yeah. Did really think I'd steal. I know that quite staggered me that she would even think that because she knows that well, I was thinking it. I mean, really? But it was, but he would have been completely barking to have done that. I know, and I, that's why I say I'm so glad that they didn't do that. But it was a, it was a possibility. Yeah. Well, we would, as you said, we were definitely heading in and... that direction, weren't we? And the Eddie of twenty years ago might have said, "Oh, are these your pigs? I, I found yeah, them wandering the yes, road, yeah, and, uh, and I, I sort of them. Yeah. thought, well, they are obviously yeah. finders keepers.' Yeah. But uh, so well done. Uh, Hang on, know. my daughter is is in here because she's looking for some glue. Tilly, <laughs> Tilly, Tilly won't be in there. Go and have a look in William's room. What? Cut that out. All right, I'll cut that out. <laughs> 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 Hi, Jacqueline Berto from Saint Gwen in France here. Happy New Year, everyone, and thank you for all the Christmas wishes you sent. I had a really busy Christmas and a lovely New Year road trip to Seville and back. 
Um, I listened to quite a bit of uh, the Archers and podcasts and Dumpty Dum whilst I was on the on the road. And uh, my other half, Mr. Berto, he said that I made a lot of noise when I was listening to whatever I was listening to. So I thought I'd sort of make a, express my opinions of what's happened in the last two weeks in a series of one or two word things. So here goes. Scruff. Aww. Linda and Calendar Girls. Bravo! Eddie and the Future Pigs. Oh, Eddie. Ruth. Oh, shut up. David. Oh, get a grip. Pippa and Matthew. The Fair Brethren. Ha, <laughs> ha. She's going out with somebody else. Titchinob. Boo, his. Helen. Sorry, sorry. Jill. Fruitcake, anyone? Jenny. Oh, darling. Uh, finally, last little thing is I have a prediction. And basically, it's uh, better watch out for Dr. Locke. That could be Rob, could be Elizabeth, it could be Shula. Have a good week. Keep up the good work in 2016. Bye. Jacqueline, but I did like Jacqueline Berto's noises. I did too. When she was listening too. to the archers. Oh, Eddie! <laughs> <laughs> what? I think I mostly go, oh, for God's sake. But, oh, no, also, I try and guess without looking at the clock. Which line is going to be the end line? Yes. So when you get to the... Ooh, there's something I haven't told you. So I start singing. When I think that it's the it's the most likely, you know, the cliffhanger line. Yeah. But my favourite cliffhanger of all time, which I never guessed and nobody could ever have guessed, was... Looks like I have got time for that other cup of coffee. Only in the arches would you have that as a cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> I can't think. Yes, I do a lot of. Oh, shut up! When when Rob's talking, I just go shut up, shut up all the way through it. Um, I have to be careful because I'm I'm generally listening at about sort of between sort of ten to seven, seven o'clock as I'm walking to the station. So right. Um, yes, you don't want to start... look like some crazy old man on a like you've got a, a ba- carry a bag full of <laughs> ten <laughs> extra shouting shut up. <laughs> yes, that wouldn't go down well in Commuterville. No, not no. at all. Um, yes, Scott Matthewman. Hello, everyone. It's Scott, Scott M on the Twitters. Uh, I just wanted to say that I really loved this week's episodes. Uh, uh, from Sunday's conversation between Jill and Peggy, which just made me smile, uh, Christine's inability to tell Rex and Toby apart, which I thought was just such a delicious and very meta joke. Uh, sign maybe that the writers are aware of the show's recent shortcomings and taking any criticisms that we might give them on the chin with good humour. I really like, liked that lighter side to this week. And then the heavier elements, for example, the argument between Helen and Ian, not only articulated both their opinions very well, uh, but helps feed into Helen's isolation. After all, if Ian and Helen were still bosom buddies, uh, he'd be the first to spot the warning signs. And when the Helen and Rob situation hits the fan, as we know it must, it needs to be messy or it won't be good drama. Uh, And the other thing is, I liked that their storyline actually got a sense of progression this week. That felt so satisfying after so many weeks of them being at the forefront without any sense of their story going somewhere. Now, that may be true to life. Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for uh, people who've been in uh, that sort of horrendous situation. I've been lucky enough not to be ever in that sort of relationship but I can only speak as someone who appreciates drama and uh, 
Helen and Rob storyline hasn't been good drama for the length of period that it's been going going on for. Um, and I can just say, if only we'd had periods where we only saw them through the eyes of others, so they became supporting characters to some of the other storylines. I thought Gillian Richmond, who's written this week's scripts, done a really fantastic job of reaffirming everything I love about the Archers. And for me, it's like this week has been the true 65th, 65th anniversary celebration because it's pure classic Archers. Um, yes, I also I loved the the uh, Auntie Cardboard and Peggy's bits. Yes, about they're like the odd couple. They're great. They're like the, a sort of a geriatric odd couple. <laughs> and they were with the Christmas tree, and then bizarrely, we had this strange interlude where Auntie Cardboard said, "Would you like to come in for a cup of tea?" They said, "Yes, all right then." And then we never heard anything else about <laughs> what actually happened. I think what happened was in an orgy. What? They just sort of disappeared. But they might uh, still be there for all we know. Who knows? And Scott is our, he's our Tristram Hawkshaw, isn't he? He is. Uh, yes. And yes. and also I loved it when, when, when Auntie Cardboard couldn't tell them apart. And then when he said, no, I'm Rex. And, and Peggy went smugly. I knew that. <laughs> like, I'm not batty. You're batty. Yes. I'm not batty. It's so the sixth. Sort of... No, it's not. It's the seventh. It's 12th night. No, it's not. We're putting our Christmas, Christmas decorations out on the wrong day. They're taking the Christmas tree down on the wrong day. They reminded me, actually, I was, um, uh, talking about this earlier uh i went to um the supermarket and um it sounds like that game doesn't it and i bought no i went to the supermarket and there was uh an elderly couple going around uh and he was uh in charge of the trolley and she was marching ahead with the list and she was wearing one of those um mrs overall berets that was sort of yanked down just above her eyebrows <clears throat> and she turned round to him as i was going past and she said to him very clear, as if she was talking to like a toddler that had been playing up. She said, get the carrots, wait by the butter and don't move, she said. <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of shot off sideways. like it was a sort of, And I thought, you wouldn't speak to a dog like that. Really, you wouldn't. And I, oh dear. I felt like bundling him under my coat and running away with him. Sod. <laughs> um, but yes, that's what it reminded me of. That, that kind of, the, the sort of... Um, the informal, just the 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 casual rudeness of of people that live together. Mm. You know, don't put that there, you idiot. And you know that sort of snappiness that only comes out of sharing your space with somebody for a long time. And, and also, uh, someone who isn't you're that you're not is you're not emotionally involved with, as in a, yes. a, a partnership. So we yeah. we had it. So we had some of those lovely exchanges. Um, with Jim and Jazza, and, yeah. I, and I hope Jim moves back into his yes. cottage, yes. and we get Jazza back as well, because yeah. that was a a good partnership, and they yeah. they both brought different things out of each other. Um, and then and then you've got this. So all we're left with at the moment in that sort of sphere is uh, is Piggy uh, and Auntie Cardboard. Yes, yeah, yeah it's two. Um, right, that's the end. Oh, oh no, Cosmo. Oh, Cosmo. Good evening to all at Dumpty Dum. Come Smo here, not commenting on the programme this week, but following up on my podcast summary, which I hope you've all read, to say that long-term, or as we are usually known, old listeners, should be known either as Doeys, after Doey Hood, the village baker. This would be a great tribute to the well-known actor Arthur Ridley. An alternative 
would be the Lesters after the Canadian pilot Lester Nicholson, whom everyone will recall as Lillian's first husband. Really ancient listeners might be Grace's, who died the night ITV launched, but this would be before my time and I could not qualify, even though I think I was listening then. I suppose Toby and Rex will be around for the next two years. Will we ever sort them out? I will not miss Charlie, but feel sad that it seems Justin will not be around. We need a nasty capitalist to hate. Anyway, I must go. It's about eight weeks till my next holiday. I'm off to Millie Bell land. That's all for now. Be in touch soon. Bye. Cosmo, I've already upset him today. I'm sorry, sorry, Cosmo. Cosmo, deep breaths. Get your your cardboard, your uh, brown paper bag out. Breathe in. Um... Uh, we were talking about uh, d- how different listeners could be categorised as different things. And he suggests uh, calling them doughies mm. after Doughy Hood, the village baker. Now, I, I think that's great because... Yes, as a, as a woman, I'm not era. overly excited about being called a doughy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I will, I'll, I'll go with it. I, th- I don't but think I have, have a doughy anyway, am I? He has been a character that's been referred to, yeah. I think, on some of our... On Dumpty Dum, but certainly certain... He's an iconic character, yeah. and and another one from an era who might have joined in somewhere between sort of then and the more recent ones. Um, my uh, favorite Aunt was Laura. always yeah. My favorite was always Sammy Whipple. I'd like you to be. Said, a I don't remember Sammy Whipple, but he never said anything. <laughs> he was a farmhand. He's like, it's all right. I'll get Sammy onto it. Well, oh, I've just seen Sammy Whipple driving through the village. You know, and no, he never said anything, and no one knew. I think he worked for Brian. Sammy Whipple Um, but then you'd be Mr Whipple which would make you sound like an ice cream van so that's no good Um, or you can be a Lester after Lester Nicholson the Canadian pilot and Lillian's first husband and ancient listeners could be Graces I quite like I think people would quite like being Graces a lot of people though Cosmo want to be Antrobuses and I am an Antrobus or I'm not sure the plural should be Antrobi possibly I don't know could you you could be an antrob you could be one of the antrobi or an antrobus? I remember her arriving. I can't have been listening to it longer than you. Surely we must have started about the same. You remember? I remember her arriving. The dog woman. Joe yes. just used to call her that dog, dog woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe. Is the essence of reductivism, isn't he? He's just like one characteristic that will do. That <laughs> or dog you are. Woman. You are defined. <laughs> oh, and we've had a email from. Ms. Bubbles, who wants to comment on Tristan Hawkshaw, a.k.a. Scott. Uh, she disagrees with his comments. She doesn't think that the Andram sh- um, should be portrayed uh, in, you know, play with the with the Ambridge characters playing their own roles while they're playing the role of whatever they are in the play. She says, if they play the part of amateurs, we'll end up with an amateur production rather than a professional one. And she loved hearing the actors in different roles. So she said that Susan was a really good Helen Mirren character. Um, so she's, she, that's, she sort of really enjoys that aspect of it. She just loves hearing the actors themselves, kind of uh, hearing their range. Um, it's funny because I was listening to it, but thinking of them as their Ambridge characters. Right. Um, and, and therefore appreciating some did accents better than others. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth in particular, I thought was a fantastic accent. Accent, But a lot of the other, the, 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 the casting was really quite well typecast. Right. You know, the, sort of the Lillian character. Um, 
Jenny playing Lady What's It. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there was a fair bit of sort of type typecasting in there to there. Hmm. I, I think the the idea someone said of actually having the panto recorded in front of a live audience. Yeah. Uh, and then played. I quite like that. Yeah. So but we it would are be an just absolute yeah, and now and now over to, to record, uh, yeah now over to uh, to Ambridge. For, yeah. For, and you could have for... all the settling the audience settling down noises that <coughs> and all that yeah. and the Equality Street rustling away. Which completely drives me nuts, but a lot of people do it. Um, yes, it. that is the end of the calls and the he mailer inners. <clears throat> and my doorbell is about to ring. In. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. About another five minutes and I will have wow. to go, so let's Oops. zoom through this bit at a rate uh, of knots. Okay, we're going to have our coffee. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Reichsgründung ist es durch 43. 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn Listen to in? the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. 
they've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. What an, a fantastic week we've had on The Archers. And uh, as usual, we've had lots to discuss on our page. We asked you whether Helen is starting to see what we, the audience, have been seeing for some time. And this started a very robust debate. Catherine Kavanagh said, I think the real cleverness of the writing lies in the fact that a new listener or a more emotionally obtuse one might have heard that episode and thought Helen a spineless, selfish bitch for the way she was groveling both to Rob and via phone to Ian and for the way she ducked out of eating the meal he specifically told her he would prepare. Not least the failure to tackle him about the money he is fecklessly spending. £10,000 doesn't last long these days. Only a listener who is wise to the entire storyline would have shuddered. Good girl indeed. I never felt more like punching somebody in the face. And as for the pathetic arch-sanctimonious Shula, can't she be killed off by Jemba the horse? Jemba the horse, don't remember the horse, but absolutely the writing is brilliant because often you can listen to it and feel the menace of Rob and then you can also listen to it and feel as though well you know this could be a reasonable person I guess that's the cleverness Liz Eden says she knows deep down that she's pregnant and escaping emotional abuse is difficult at the best of times just want the storyline to end and Rob to get beaten up or some other horrid end I'm sure the writers can come up with something suitably grisly. Witherspoon P. McCosh Wilson the 35th says her vision is always very quickly diverted. Whenever Helen begins to confront him, Rob turns the tables and wills his temper like a club. Key lines, I want to treat you like a queen. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then there's continuing food restriction trouble ahead. And I agree with you, Witherspoon, I think that this food issue is going to become bigger and bigger as it were. Candida Beeching also said yes she's going to get cross about the money, hasn't crossed Rob for a while, but did challenge him this evening. I think she will call Ian for help, becoming increasingly desperate and eventually he will come and rescue her. And I think that was written before Ian and Helen caught up, so it'll be interesting to see how that relationship plays out. Nancy Dickey said, I noticed how he had managed to keep her away from Henry again. Was it only his presence that she missed before? Yet more isolation. Nancy, I thoroughly agree with you. And I do think it's very slightly odd that Helen accepts that. I don't think I would ever have missed the opportunity to tuck my kids in. It's just a natural thing to go and do. It does puzzle me slightly, I must say. Rachel Louise says, I think part of her has seen it since the rape. She's been more distant and frequently scared since then, and the anorexia is not good. Charlotte Bilby said, when is the pampering day with Kirsty at Grey Gables? Fingers crossed for the end of the conversation that they started months ago. Absolutely, Charlotte. And I think we're all hanging on for that, aren't we? Uh, sorry, everyone, there's a big tractor driving past my house, and I have to have the windows open because it's so hot in here. Uh, Kate Newey said I think she's known for some time in one part of her brain but it's just too much to process too hard for her to admit she made a mistake although she shouldn't be blamed for Rob's abusive character 
and I think that's absolutely spot on. I can't remember if it was Lucy or Royfield, but someone was discussing the fact that for Helen, things have to be perfect. And I think it's going to be hard for her to admit that her marriage isn't perfect because to be fair to her, she thought it was, and now it's not. And so the she's going to go back to what she knows, which is control how to control how she feels, which is through depriving herself of food. I think it's all pretty horrible, but we can see how it's going to play out. Next week, everyone, I thought it would be nice. We've got so many new listeners. I noticed we're up to 899 likes on our page. I think we might do another little uh, spate of just getting to know our caller inners. So please respond to the questions on Facebook page because we really do want to get to know you better. And uh, thank you for playing and participating this week. It's always a pleasure to interact with you all. And I'll speak to you soon. Hooroo. And back. So that, uh, by the way, I am loving the new um, adverts for Sarah Smith. <laughs> this, this year's, this, oh. this latest crop, absolutely. Harriet yeah. is a bloody genius. I keep yes. saying it, but she really yes. is. And I do every time she puts up an episode as well. Yeah. Brilliant. So, and Millie, that's great. I, I am. It is lovely now that we're we've almost got enough of our we've got enough activity on our own page to to fill that slot. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And heading for our huge next number. Yes. Very good, Lucy. Yes. What are your top five hashtag the Archers tweets of the week? Uh, Millie Hart who said, hoping that at some point in the future, Lakey Hill will collapse due to fracking. Then no more Ruth and David conversations. Yes, they do. All the momentous things happen up, up Lakey Hill, don't they? Um, Ilanthi Rosa said, if asking, is it legal, is something you routinely have to ask your husband, you might reconsider being married to him. <laughs> Which is pretty much what we said earlier, wasn't it? Uh, Gwyneth Threlfall said, but it's been a while since David took her up Lakey Hill. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I think we'll go there. Thank you, Gwyneth. Uh, Hinge Zandol said, Phoebe, I don't understand. This letter says that you're the father of Jesse's baby. <laughs> <laughs> and tweet of the week was <laughs> nicked basically from Father Ted, but it did make me laugh, especially because David does on occasion sound fairly dopey and Father Douglish. David, and she, it was Spare Mousy who had David saying, I'm not sure I understand, Ruth. Will the herd be smaller or just farther away? (laughs) 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 Well done, all. Brilliant. What is next? Oh, yes. We need to talk about the shop. We do. I haven't looked recently, actually. I I really ought to have another look and uh, (laughs) and a uh, a buy. I have been better, though, at looking at the articles on our site. So go to to the Dumpty Dum site and have a look there and at the forum. And if you want to comment in more depth and explore a a thought and, uh, and share it, you're generally safe from trolls there. So that's good. And if you want to keep the show on the road, there are two ways that this can be done. Go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. And remember to get in contact. You oh, can send us The messages voice... are back. Sorry? <laughs> the messages are back. <laughs> Royfield's still struggling to get out. He's using, semi- he's using Morse code now. Tap, tap. Uh, yes, they are. They've, they've, so they started late and they, they finished late and they started early again. Never mind. 
Um, remember, you can get in contact. So they're English then. They're not Polish. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not Polish builders. No. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the site or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Or you can find us at Dumdidum on Twitter, tweet me at Andrew Horn UK, or Royfield at Royfield. Or me at Lucy B. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Jolly good. Well, mm. I think that's us just about done. Yes. I've very much enjoyed it again. Good. And I hope Royfield will let let me uh, let me at you another time. <laughs> well, you'll have to let him out that trunk first. <laughs> well, Poor he's kept Roy. me in the cupboard for a, for a few months, so he can stay in there a little bit longer. Yeah. No, Royfield, uh, thank you for letting me have another go, and um, I hope to uh, to come back soon. Thank you very much, Andrew. All right. Take <laughs> care, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Jan from Cannes calling. Uh, Jan from Vancouver, Canada. I'm Mitch Muse on the Twitters. And I'm just phoning in to say Happy New Year to everybody and to say thank you to everyone who has contributed so much uh, to make the Dumpty Dum podcast such a success. Every call in and the many, many insights that have been given really keep me entertained and not wanting to miss a single show. I wish I could uh, call in more. I don't have a lot of free time to do that. I'm going to try and um, maybe make that my New Year's resolution to call in a little more this year. But I wanted to say thank you to Lucy for her fabulous editorials and comments and her hilariously wonderful laugh. You have no idea how many times I have laughed hysterically along with you. And also, Royfield, thank you so much for... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your pithy comments and insights and for your great sense of humor. I love the show and love to everybody.